This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, that didn't take long. Uh, one day, well, two days after the mass shooting in Texas, two days after Mauricio Garcia shot and killed at least eight people, including a three-year-old child at a mall uh, 20 minutes, 20 miles outside of Dallas. Now we know everything about Mauricio. We know he served in the military, got booted out for mental health issues. I guess we could have, as usual, seen this one coming. But most importantly, we have his social media posts. Uh, On a social media site nobody's ever heard of, nobody goes to, nobody reads. A Russian social media site. But here's the big one. It's, it's, It's... going to be a tough week for the mainstream media. We know tomorrow the Republicans and the Oversight Committee have a big bombshell to uh, report about the Biden crime family, about all the money they were making. We have a whistleblower who says Joe Biden was bribed while he was uh, vice president to change policy. We know it pertains to Ukraine and all the money his scumbag son was making Thursday. Uh, Title 42 goes away, expires, and 700,000 illegal aliens are poised to uh, surge at the border. Uh, Joe Biden's hiding out. Um, That's upsetting some people. Some of his friends in the media, some of his surrogates are not happy that Joe is not talking to them. They're they're butthurt. Their feelings are hurt. Uh, We'll get to that. The Washington Post has an editorial saying it's hurting the country that Joe Biden won't talk to us. But he did talk yesterday. We have to give him credit. He came out in the middle of some of these these existential crises that we're facing as a country. And he talked about baggage fees. And he talked about uh, airlines making sure families can sit together. And uh, as usual, it didn't go smoothly. For the commander-in-chief, we have some of that sound, which is hysterical. So it's, it's, it's a tough week for the mainstream media. It's tough a tough week for all the Biden lickspittles in the media. But they do have this. I'll give them this. They have tattoos. They have SS and Nazi tattoos. They were hoping, praying, as usual, the Texas mass shooter was a right-wing extremist. Now it appears... If you're buying this, it's it's very suspicious. Uh, we'll get to it. We'll 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 have our uh, tattoo expert Ironhead break down and analyze these very fresh tattoos that Maurice Mauricio Garcia had. We think we, we, it hasn't been quite confirmed, and we don't know where he went. I'm not. Where do you go, Ironhead? Where do you go if you want a swastika tattoo? Does any tattoo parlor? Do that if you pay him and say, right here on my chest, I want a swastika. sticker. Or do they, do they say, no, we don't. I mean, I would think a self-respecting tattoo artist would hesitate a little before putting a swastika on somebody's chest. And maybe if they did, they would uh, take note and say, that guy is trouble. That guy is going, that's not going to end well for that guy. Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's a, it's definitely a niche tattoo. So I'm sure like if you, if you, you look, if you look deep enough on the internet, you could probably find a spot. That'd be my yeah, guess. You gotta, you gotta search those places out. Yeah. And, uh, they're not, they're not in any main cities or any, any place with a light on out front. I, I, but I do have a question when it comes to this, uh, this guy. Um, he's, he's clearly, we, we saw some of his social media posts. It took two days for the media to find this guy's musings on this bizarre site. And uh, notably, there's no interaction. No one's seen them. There's no views. There's no retweets or, or likes of his posts. It was like he was keeping a diary on this site. And somehow they, somebody found them. And we do have photographs. You can throw the one up there. Throw the little montage of, uh, of photographs of him that I assume were posted. The ones where you get to see the fresh... SS tattoo and their swastika tattoo. You can't see his face. I mean, how do we know that's him? I hate to sound, I hate to go all conspiracy theory because uh, it's probably him. It's probably, these are probably his thoughts, his, his rantings. He, he references libs of TikTok, which is another gift to the mainstream media. They can't stand libs of TikTok 
who basically just reposts things liberals post on TikTok and Twitter. That's what she does. It drives them nuts. He also is a fan of Tim Pool, which is weird. Tim's not exactly a flame-throwing right-winger, right-wing firebrand. But they got this photograph. We're looking at it right now. You get to see the swastika and the SS tattoo and the Texas tattoo, but you can't see his face. How do we know this is Mauricio Garcia? Or are we just hoping if you're the New York Times or the Washington Post or CNN, you're just hoping this is uh, the shooter. But here's my question. He talks about, you know, Nazis and white supremacy and all this. So what? I mean, obviously, he's a deranged uh, homicidal killer. Obviously, he's mentally ill and should have been stopped uh, somewhere along the line. Somebody should have seen this coming. But what does that mean? If he's a white supremacist, he's supposed to reflect on, on like Republicans. What does that have to do with Republicans? I don't know any Republicans who are Nazis or white supremacists or fans of Dr. Joseph Mengele. He's a fan of Mengele. Okay, great. He's a sicko. He's a deranged murdering scumbag. He's dead now, thanks to a one heroic cop. But so what? I mean, it does is was he motivated by Mengele? Is that where we're supposed to draw from this? And the big question is, if you're in the, the media, obviously this is uh, newsworthy that he is a uh, white supremacist and all that. And, and you kind of get a sense of what drove him. You get a sense that he is deranged, unhinged. But it's been over a month since there was another mass shooting, as uh, we've mentioned once or twice, in Nashville, Tennessee, by a trans terrorist named Audrey Hale. He, Mauricio Garcia, praises Audrey Hale a transgender individual in his writings, in his rantings. Um, So he was a big fan of the trans killer. Um, We don't know anything about Audrey Hale. Audrey Hale has all kinds of writings and all kinds of uh, screeds. She had five laptops. She had all kinds of uh, uh, indications of what, what drove her to commit mass murder at a Christian school we can't see it. How is, if you're at the whatever, New York Times, and you go all in on this guy being a white supremacist and a Nazi, are you not curious of what drove Audrey Hale, what motivated Audrey Hale to go into the Covenant School and start shooting? Isn't that just as newsworthy, as noteworthy? Again, it's amazing the lengths they will go to protect the trans community. They don't want it to reflect poorly on the trans community, but that's not their job to protect the trans. It's not the FBI's job. It's not the Nashville PD. And it certainly isn't the media. I don't know if we'll ever see uh, the manifesto. We certainly should. It's certainly newsworthy. Hell, the victims, the families have every right to know what drove this sick person to kill their loved ones, how you could ever justify covering that up to protect, to protect the most protected, the most privileged people in the country today, the trans community, is beyond me. It, it seems like everyone in the media should be demanding we see her writings, her rantings, just like we see his rantings. But no, we'll just focus on white supremacy as if there's some big movement out there today. Uh, and then, and we'll focus on guns, of course. Uh, Ted Cruz offered his uh, uh, thoughts and prayers, which drives liberals nuts. They can't stand prayers. And Eric Swalwell responded with, a five-year-old died today because Ted Cruz continues to choose killers over kids. How exactly does he do that? And it was a three-year-old. The five-year-old survived. His whole family got wiped out, his parents and his three-year-old sibling but the five-year-old survived. It's an extremely, it's a heartbreaking story, but it feels like pointless at this point to just talk about guns. And, and I'll explain why. Again, I, I, I've said many times, you want to talk about guns? I'll talk all day. You don't want to talk about banning this one and not that one or background checks or red flag laws. We can have that debate, but how does any reasonable, rational person think Gun control today, let's have gun control today, would stop a sicko 
like Mauricio Garcia with the with the SS and the swastika tattoo. How does gun control stop Audrey Hale? So you are you going to confiscate every gun? I, I heard uh, Megyn Kelly went on a great rant about this. There are 434 million guns out there. Only about 20 million AR-15s. Do you think if you took Mauricio Garcia's AR-15 away that he would just go on the straight and narrow? Or would he shoot him, shoot people with his handguns, shotguns, hunting rifles? If you took the guns away, I mean the AR-15 away from Audrey Hale, what happens she suddenly says, you know, I was thinking of shooting a bunch of people at the Christian school, but, you know, I can't, I don't have an AR-15. What am I going to do? She had five guns. This guy, I believe, had at least five guns. If they use the other guns, the handguns, the shotguns, the, the rifles, and not the AR-15, would that make you feel better, Eric Swalwell? It's just such a, a pointless debate. It's not going to happen. You're not going to ban guns, take guns away, confiscate guns in this country. And if you did take away, if you banned the assault weapons, the weapons of war today, what changes? They use a different gun or they use an illegal AR-15. Or a Range Rover. Take every AR-15, get them off the street. They'll still be out there. And the real gun violence, the real uh, the, the real scourge of gun violence is in the inner city. And, and uh, as we know, the media, the, the, the poly, uh, Democrats don't care about that because they can't use it. If it's black on black crime or black on white crime or Hispanic on white, black on Hispanic, they don't care. It it's, doesn't matter to them. It only matters when it's black and when it's white on black, or in this case, Hispanic white supremacist on Hispanic crime, then they can use it. But tell me, every, most crime, most gun crime in the, in the city, inner cities in Chicago and Baltimore, Detroit, Boston, most of it is with illegal guns. They don't follow gun laws. Yeah. So why suddenly would people follow the gun laws and would, there would be an end to these kind of shootings? It wouldn't happen. So why do we spend all day and night talking about it? If you put on CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CNN, all you'll hear is talk about guns and AR-15s. Um, um, you'll hear this hysterical reaction like we could flip a switch today. Okay, you win. Mass shooting, AR-15. Let's get rid of AR-15s. Okay. Do you think something changes? Do you think it ends? Do you think people like Audrey Hale and and, and you name it, any of the, the Buffalo gunner, gun, the Buffalo shooter, this guy, Mauricio Garcia, do you think they don't go down that dark, evil road to that led them to this to these mass murders and generally suicides or suicide by cops? What changes if today you say no more AF-15s? Nothing. Well, the biggest it's problem just, is that there was a shooting. Eight people died. And the very next day, someone took a Range Rover and killed the same amount of people. So right. that hurts and their the argument. Same thing, it happened in Waukesha. We don't talk about that because we can't use it. You can't use it for political purposes like they all do. You name it, Swalwell or AOC or, you know, Ayanna Presley or Joe Biden. They don't even care. They don't wait till the bodies are identified and they start talking about, we have to get these weapons off the street. Okay, let's do that. I almost, again, I say it all the time, but let's take a month. Let's just take all AR-15s, you know, don't sell them, don't, what changes? Nothing, nothing, but they don't care. They've, they've, they have a boogeyman, they have, they have a talking point and they go with it and they go nuts. Do we have Roland Martin, this, this clown was on MSNBC and in the immediate aftermath of a mass shooting, clearly you talk about things that could change the things that could solve the problem. And you hear, you know, mental health facility, uh, mental health treatment, people like, you know, we've talked about it certainly a lot with uh, Jordan Neely in New York, people who belong in institutions. We don't do that anymore. We don't institutionalize mentally ill people. Uh, we could talk about video games and lack of fathers in the homes and, uh, uh, different things that have uh, radicalized these shooters, the the uh, uh, you know, the, the whole culture. Um, you could talk about uh, 
the, if you want to talk about uh, trans rights and, and racism and everything else, you can. But we only talk about guns. We only talk about guns and uh, you know white supremacy when it applies. But if you're looking for solutions and you turn on MSNBC uh, with uh, Michael Steele hosting with a couple of left-wing lunatics, let's listen to uh, Roland Martin's uh, uh, suggestion for a way to solve mass shootings. Go ahead, play it. Here, how do we break this this cycle? I mean, every I mean, it's not like every two weeks, my friend. It's like every other day we're having these stories now about mass shootings. The only way to change any of this is to completely wipe out the Republican Party. Somebody has to say it. Greg Abbott, the governor, is sick and demented. He has literally done nothing. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, the leadership, uh, Republican leadership in the state, they literally have done nothing. They have ignored the Uvalde parents. I was at the Texas Capitol uh, a few months ago uh, where they were rallying there. They are not going to do anything. But here's also what has to happen. People of conscience are going to have to stop sitting at home and saying, oh, we want something done. In the last election, 75 percent of all Texans under the age of 30 did not vote. Right. And so the what what would have happened if they didn't vote for Abbott, if Abbott lost, if Abbott were governor? What does this clown think would have happened? Uh, the, as a reminder, Joe Biden had control of the Senate and the House for two years. They could have passed any gun control measure they wanted. They could have had another weapons of war ban, a banning assault weapons. Biden always brags about he did it before he's going to do it again. You had two years. You had two years. Do you think everyone in Texas is just beholden to the NRA or do you think they believe in the Second Amendment? Do you think the voters, the citizens, the people along the border, you think they believe in their right to protect themselves uh, and own a firearm? You think they would just give it up and say, you know, let's let's give back my 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 handgun. Let's give back my shotgun. We must solve school shootings or mall shootings. These people are clowns. That guy is a clown. And so is Eric Swalwell and everyone else who just screams about guns, guns, guns. It can't happen. It won't happen. It's it's pointless. It's time to move on and talk about other solutions, such as hardening the targets and and uh, armed guards in schools, which many Democrats are against having armed guards protecting children at schools. They want armed guards at banks and casinos and every government building, just not at schools, just not at elementary schools where you could have a retired cop or a uh, soldier or a veteran there. But no, they don't want that. They want to wipe out the Republican Party. Okay, let's do that. Let's wipe out the Republican What happens then? Roland Martin, explain how that solves the problem. But anyway, as usual, it's just a, uh, a, uh, a pointless, endless debate discussion that, that goes nowhere. They're happy. They can talk about white supremacy finally. And Hispanic, how, how is there such a thing as a Hispanic white supremacist? Do they let him in the club? Like when he applies, when you go to that, you know, the meeting house where the white supremacists all meet, the Nazis? And you say, I want to be, I want to join. And they say, what's your name? And he says, Mauricio Garcia. Where are you from? Mexico. They let him in. I mean, don't they have rules, qualifications? Don't you have to, you know, be white? I don't, I don't understand how this works. I'll have to do my research on that Russian website. The Russian, uh, what's it called? They, I, I can't even pronounce the name. I'd love to hear Joe Biden talk about this. Can't even uh, pronounce the name of this. Uh, let me get the name of the, uh, the uh, it, it's called, oh, it begins with, uh, I'll, I'll find it. Uh, and a, a count on OKRU, that's the abbreviation of the Russian social media site where he posted. I'm telling you, you get the conspiracy theorists are going nuts because these pictures are very suspicious this website, nobody knows, nobody goes to. And conveniently, one day after the shooting, someone finds his account and uh, and posts all his uh, rantings, which were never seen by anybody, <laughs> anybody anywhere. He's finally got 
He's finally got some followers. Maybe he bought a blue check mark. Is that what happened? <laughs> Probably. He writes, the beginning says, this post was this post was inspired by libs of TikTok. Really? Inspired by someone who reposts crazy liberals on, on Twitter and, and, and Instagram? <laughs> That's inspired a mass shooting white supremacist? I'm not a big conspiracy theorist, but I have questions. There are some questions here. It talks about the Third Reich and Hitler and Mengele and everything. Uh, break. Uh, I hate to hate to ruin the uh, the ending here, but he's a sicko, a crazed lunatic who uh, was always going to go out this way. Sad, but let's uh, let's be honest. He wasn't going to do anything differently if he couldn't get an AR-15. He was going to use his other guns and uh, wear his uh, tactical vest. And still, I don't know the name of the cop. Haven't seen it. The cop who should be uh, being honored at the White House today, who took him out and saved countless lives. All right, we got so much to get to. That's the good news for the mainstream media. And I'm afraid that's about the only good news. The mass shooter had a swastika tattoo. Your president is hit, I don't want to say rock bottom, because he has uh, 19 more months to go. It's going to get worse. But we have these pressing issues facing the country. We have... The uh, negotiations on raising the debt ceiling today. We have the Republican uh, press conference tomorrow where they're promising bombshells pertaining to the Biden crime family. And then we have the border being uh, swung wide open on Thursday and 700,000 more than the population of Boston is poised to invade the country on Thursday. And we have a vegetable in the White House who is clearly avoiding the media as best he can. It's upsetting some of the media at this point. They're wondering, you know, don't they know? Don't they know how much we love him? The New York, uh, the Washington Post, as an editorial this morning, uh, lamenting the fact that Joe Biden won't talk to them. He banned the New York Post from his press event yesterday, this crucial event about baggage fees that he did with Pete Buttigieg. He did a press conference on airlines and baggage fees and didn't take a question. He's not only a scoundrel and a liar and a criminal, but he is a coward. He is, they banned the one newspaper that's adversarial. He's sitting among his biggest supporters, New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, and he won't allow them to ask him any questions. This is the so United States Khmer, for God's sake. Yeah. I think we got a new one today. That, that's a good one, but we got a... He, uh, the Washington Post uh, tweets out this morning, it's an editorial behind a paywall. I'll get to it, but they write, Biden is turning into a news media evader, and it's harmful to his presidency and the nation, says the Washington Post, which basically served as a de facto campaign volunteer for him for two years while he hid in the basement. He's, hit it, he's, he's done fewer press conferences by far than any other president, even though most of the media adores him. And the Washington Post says it's hurting the nation that he won't answer questions. I think all you need to know is what happened last week, Friday night. He was under pressure to speak to the media, to do a press conference. He sat down with Stephanie Rule, who was giddy. She looked like a kid at, the, at, a, at a Taylor Swift concert looking up at her hero, asking him softball questions on tape, recorded, released at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. That's how fearful they are that this man, this empty husk, will embarrass himself in front of the nation. Uh, he went out there yesterday to uh, talk about baggage fees, and he did just that. I'm not sure how he got to this point where he was uh, talking about uh, certain uh, famous uh, Asians or Asian-Americans, but I don't even know what the question was, but the answer is priceless. This is why he's hiding out. And, and by the way, the Washington Post is going to continue to carry his water. It's what they do. They're going to continue to campaign for him while he hides out. This is a load of crap. They don't care that he evades the media and hides out. They know he's in the throes of dementia. They know he's incapable of carrying out the duties of the president, but they love him anyway, and they hate Trump. So they must do this. They've never once in the history of the newspaper endorsed a Republican. So they will endorse this doddering old man, and they will lie 
on his behalf and they will cover for him, protect him and carry his water. But today they want you to know the fact that he's hiding out, which he's been doing for four years. They want you to know that's hurting the nation. God, that is just rich. But uh, let's listen to Joe Biden. Yesterday made an appearance in front of selected media people, not all the media people. They didn't want the New York Post, you know, the best newspaper in the country, the the paper that should have swept the Pulitzers. They didn't get nominated for anything because, you know, they made Joe Biden uncomfortable. They did the laptop story. They forced big tech to collude with the White House or with the Biden campaign to suppress the real news. So the New York Post is enemy number one, and they were barred from attending this this pathetic press conference. Uh, Didn't matter. They weren't there, and still he wouldn't take a question from his biggest fans. But let's watch him try to get through an answer about certain Asian Americans that he wanted to pay tribute to. Go ahead. I honored a group of trailblazing artists with National Medals of Arts and Humanities. The group included groundbreaking Asian-Americans like Vera Wang and, and, and Joan Shingang, I'm going to pronounce my, Shanga Kawawa. <laughs> I think I pronounced it correctly. She can call me Joe Bitten. Oh, my God. That, that's, they want you to believe this guy is going to run for re-election, which is a grind. It's normally a grind. And then run the country for four more years. That guy, that I'm, I'm telling you, he's, there's a reason his approval rating is at rock bottom because he's not there. I mean, it, it, we, he has the lowest approval rating on record ever for any president ever at 36%. More than half of Democrats don't want him to run again. They don't want to do, go through this. They don't want, and the media will just continue to, uh, to prop him up and, uh, help him out and attempt once again to carry him over the finish line. But let me start off with two words made in America. Uh, And uh, you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm more convinced than ever that he's not going to make it to election day, 2024. He can't, that guy. No shot. No shot. I, I mean, he couldn't do a campaign event today. Any, he could do a rally, a train, you know, take a train, stop, talk to a crowd. Couldn't do it. He certainly can't debate anybody. Um, Trump would kill him. I honor the group would eat him alive. The idea that that man could actually uh, could actually uh, carry out the duties of the office is just—I mean—it's offensive at this point. You, you, I mean, we we know he can't do it. We know he's—it's he's, impossible. There's there's not many 82-year-olds that could, but this 82-year-old, or you know, he's 80. He will be 82. The you know the start of his second term. It would be an embarrassment to the nation, and nobody wants to see that. There will be another candidate. Robert Kennedy Jr. has already got 20%. He's already making waves. There'll be others. Gavin Newsom, I don't know, know, Gretchen Whitmer. There will be others because they know he's incapable of doing the job. All right, before we move on, we got so much to get to. I want to do KJP uh, in perhaps, I mean, God, talk about her every day. She is an even bigger embarrassment than that guy. By the way, I just saw an interview. Morning Joe sat down with John Fetterman. He is much more lucid at this point than Joe Biden. I mean, he's still struggling. He still has his little iPad there where he has to read the questions and uh, answers. He's much more fit mentally than Joe Biden. That's how bad it's got. But uh, KJP is a dummy. We know that. She is just a dope. She doesn't even understand how how pathetic she looks, how how laughable she is as a press secretary. Just she, there's no self awareness. She's dumb. She's she, she lies. She's dishonest, and she thinks I don't know. She thinks she's getting away with it. But check out what she had to say about the country not paying its bills. Because as we know, Joe Biden wants to um, lift the debt ceiling and just keep spending, just keep driving up inflation, just keep squandering trillions of dollars of taxpayers' money. The Republicans are trying to put the brakes on that heroically, trying to stop him from spending us into even greater debt. He lies constantly about how he's bringing down the debt. That is a lie. Everyone knows it. 
But check out KJP explaining why we have to raise the debt ceiling yesterday. This is priceless. If you buy a car, you are expected to pay the monthly payments. If you buy a home, you are expected to pay the mortgage every month. Really? That is the expectation. That is the spending that you put forth or spending that you may have done before. And now you're paying it every month. If you do not pay your car payment, if you do not pay your mortgage payment, then your credit is going to be bad. It's going to hurt your credit. So let's look at Congress for a second. This is spending that they've already done. They've already spent. Let's for not forget the $2 trillion Trump tax cuts that they were willing and hey, happy. Hold on. I got a question for you, Kareen. Question. Uh, so you have to pay your car payment if you get a car. You have to pay your mortgage if you get a home. Quick question. Um, what if you take out a student loan? What if you take a do? Do you have to pay those back? Anyone ask that? I bet they didn't. Uh, the, the, just the hypocrisy is just is overwhelming. You have to pay your bills, says the person who almost daily says we should uh, forgive, cancel the debt of deadbeats with graduate degrees. What a moron. But I, I don't want to waste too much time on her. We have so much more to get to. We got the latest on uh, Jordan Neely. And the heroic uh, ex-Marine who saved people from being harassed by this menace, this violent criminal, career criminal. We got uh, a uh, Chicago woman that, her name is uh, Ariana Preston. She was 24. She was shot dead. And I'm checking to see, maybe I missed it, to see if Ariana Presley or AOC or Eric Swalwell or Joe Biden has said her name. I mean, they're very concerned with gun violence. She was shot dead the other night, the other morning. And I haven't heard anybody talk about how Hamptons is not happy that NBA players won't talk to him. 70 year old washed up white guy. And he thinks that, uh, you know, they're not talking to him because, because, because racism, we have, to, well, we have a new Tucker leak. Damn. I forgot about that. We got to move here. Ironhead. And we get the story about the former Buffalo bills punter. You want to, you, you want to be outraged, enraged today. Uh, you may remember he was charged uh, with a violent rape and cut by the Bills. He was a draft pick. He was going to make decent money. He was thrown out with the trash because of a uh, accusation of rape. Spoiler alert: it never happened. He wasn't even there. His life is. Not destroyed, but his life was certainly sidetracked. And I don't know where he gets, goes to get his reputation back, his money, his job. We'll see. But what price does the woman who lied about him, who continues to lie about him, what price does she pay? Death penalty. We don't even, we don't even know her name. That's how unfair this is. We'll get to that and lots more. But first, some big news. Former President Trump is urging you to get a copy of David Horowitz's new book. It's called The Final Battle. Already a number one Amazon bestseller, The Final Battle reveals a secret war led by leftists and a new woke generation who want to destroy America as we know it. Horowitz says they're in our schools, our churches, even our military. The Final Battle explains how Joe Biden and the big media want to stop Trump and DeSantis before 2024. Horowitz even names the names of the secret players behind it all. Newsmax calls Final Battle the book of the year. Mike Huckabee says he couldn't stop reading it. Get Final Battle in bookstores or check out the free offer and save $28. Just call 800-NEWSMAX. That's 800-NEWSMAX or go online to finalbattle611.com. That is finalbattle611.com to get your free copy today. I just breaking, just breaking. Uh, I think they got him this time, Ironhead. Tucker Carlson, <laughs> more Tucker Carlson sound. This is just incredible to me. I'm starting to uh, think twice about this. We all thought Fox News was leaking this to make him look bad. We played you, I don't know, four or five cuts that have leaked sound during the breaks. Each one makes him look better than the last. Each one makes him look more relatable, normal, just like a regular person. Not one has been even a little bit offensive. If someone's trying to hurt him, they are doing a really bad job. <laughs> and I don't get, I mean, we keep saying 
is one coming? Is there going to be one coming that, that makes him look bad that where he says something offensive or sexist or racist or something? This has to be a, a an effort by someone who, who likes him. Is this, I mean, is this his agent? Is this somebody at Fox who likes him and misses him and wants him back? Who is leaking this? Not one of these things make him look bad. This is from Media Matters, by the way. So they're feeding it to the, the mortal enemy of Fox News, the scumbags of Media Matters. They're posting it like it's like it's going to reflect poorly on him. And it's just it's just the opposite. Watch the latest and tell me that tell me how you could ever construe this as as uh, making him look bad. We're, how is this? we're big Tucker guys. I'm afraid to play this one. I mean. He doesn't even swear in this one, does he? <laughs> no, I think he talks nicely about people and accurately Good. says, yeah, you'll see. People will see. I did. I talked to her at great length. It was actually pretty funny. I said, you know, oh, I said I. she tried to get, I was like, she's got a lot of liberals working over there. And, you know, they see this as war and we're the main force on the other side. And like, that's crazy. If you've got pronouns in your Twitter bio, you shouldn't work here because we can't trust you because you're on the other side. And she goes, well, who? And I said, I'm not going to name names because I don't know who did it. And I'm definitely not going to cast dispersions on someone unfairly. Wow. Doesn't mean you did this. It does mean you shouldn't work here. And Roger would never put up with this shit. Why would you do that? Do, Do you know what I mean? They see this as war. It's like, I'm not that. I'm an actual liberal. Like, I'm totally fine being like, our makeup artist is like a screaming lefty. Um, no, but I'm not that way. It's, you know, but they are that way. And I said, I'm not ashamed of anything I said. You now look like you recently had COVID. You I look did. fresh face and healthy. But do you know what I mean, Justin? I know. If, if you've got like that, that horrible guy who... It was just horrible. Who was Judge Janine's uh, guy? I couldn't. Yeah, that guy. It's like a screaming left wing lunatic. Why does he work here? What? He totally dicked over his anchor, and then we expect he's not going to dick over the network. Like I don't have specific information on it, but I would. It's just. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's like I'm always telling I'm telling my children, like, you know what the truth is. You can feel it. Don't lie to yourself. You were in here. She's so great. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. <laughs> You're waiting again. You play these things and you're waiting. Is this where he says, oh, you know, whatever. Nasty pig. Uh, calls, you know, some slur uh, makes fun of uh, the gay guy or, you know, the, the, the minority. It, it never happens. He doesn't do it. If they did, we'd have seen it already. I'm looking at the post from uh, Media Matters and they write, ex-Fox News Dr. Tucker Carlson said the network was under siege from liberals working within it and claimed former CEO Roger Ailes would never put up with this. In a previously unreported behind-the-scenes video obtained by Media Matters, Carlson's describing a conversation he had with a female Fox exec about what seems to be some sort of leak. He's speaking with his executive producer, and they go on, and, and it says, Carlson goes on to say that he refused to name names uh, but just because you're a liberal doesn't mean you did this. It does mean you shouldn't work here and Roger would never put up with this. Yeah, so what? <laughs> if you are a liberal with bio with pronouns in your bio, you're probably a double agent who would sell him out in a heartbeat because he mm-hmm. was he is public enemy number one in their world. What does he say that's objectionable, offensive at I, all? I think this comment by Murph here is also accurate. The people posting Murph. it think it's offensive. <laughs> Murph says, I think it's because the idiots are putting out there, uh, but they're offended by it. These people actually think this garbage is offensive. 
How pathetic is that? What, what is offensive? I mean, there's not even a way, not even a reach, a stretch. There's no explanation needed. It's just banter. He about talked people. disparagingly about lefties, though. <laughs> people you can't trust at fuck. And he's right. Someone, a thousand percent. <laughs> and, and he talks about the guy, the producer of Ginny Judge Janine testified, I believe, in the Dominion suit and, and said that uh, he wanted her to stop making false claims about fraud in the election. And she wouldn't do it. So he's right. She sold him out. Her producer can't have that. You need uh, loyal people and she didn't have it and he's warning against it just nuts i i'll be curious i mean i'm just broke this morning we're curious to see how they spin that one because i I don't see it i don't see how it's even possible all right we got to get to uh the uh we got to get to the the punter which is so good but let's do howie hamptons first and we'll get to that outrageous story about uh, false rape accusations against a former buffalo bills punter Howie Hamptons finally came out of his uh, cave. Noted germaphobe stayed locked away. And I heard him a few times during the pandemic and it was totally insane. I talked about this one day, I think two years ago, (laughs) I'm listening and he is reaming out a producer, one of his flax uh, lackeys, reaming them out, screaming at them, calling them idiot and everything else because the guy went to Starbucks over the weekend, he said, and got a coffee. And he said, what's wrong with you? Do you want to die? And the guy was like, huh? And it was like, you know, typical stern, uh, you know, producer or whatever, staff member, some young guy, you know, probably a 30 year old guy went out for coffee during the pandemic. And he was like ready to fire the guy calling him. You can't do that. You're going to get sick. You're going to die. You're going to make your family sick. He was off the rails in, in total, you know, pandemic COVID madness. So he's, and he admitted he hit out, didn't go anywhere, didn't go to dinner, didn't even like go to his dear friends, you know, Rosie O'Donnell's house or Billy Joel or, or uh, Katie Couric, you know, his real close lifelong friends. He didn't even hang out with them. He was so afraid. And that's the most important thing to him, hanging out with beautiful people. So he finally comes out of his hole, goes to a Knicks game and he's, Got front row seats, I guess. You know, he's he's still very popular among his you know friends in the in the media and in the you know political classes. He's still you know good friends with Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and the rest of those frauds. So he gets the front row seats, and some of the players were talking to was it Spike Lee or yes, Spike Lee and other African American celebrities, and they didn't come talk to him. Uh, I hate to break it to you, Howie, but these twenty two year old you know, guys in the NBA, they probably don't know. They're probably looking over there and saying that, is that weird Al Yankovic? Who is that guy with the hair? <laughs> yeah. And, he, and he's offended and he thinks it's racist that they won't talk to the 70 year old white guy, but let's listen to Howie Hamptons. And then I'm like, Julius Randall didn't even play, you know, that big white guy was playing again. I like him. Halterstein or whatever. Uh-huh. Halterstein. He's, um, you know what I'm thinking? If I ever go, you know, to a Nick game again, if I get past the whole COVID paranoia. Yes. I think he might say hello to me, Halterstein. You know, I've always sat, I, some, you know, the Knicks have been very kind to me. They put me right in the front row. That's when I knew I was famous. A couple of the players will come over. They like give them that bro shake and, and stuff. And I'm like, hmm, these guys should hug me too. I mean, what am I? I mean, I'm, I grew up in a black neighborhood. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, they should know that, <laughs> but I get ignored. The only guys who come up and that is, I think cause I'm a white guy. You think it's a racial thing? It's I'm gotta sure be some white people. No, no, they not that must. I saw. I want them to, <laughs> I want them to talk to me. I want them to come over. Hey, Howard, fan of the show or something. But, uh, no. I don't get that. And, and, and you know who comes up to me sometimes? The referees. Like, oh, the, wow. like, yeah. They, the, white guys and black guys, they'll come up to me. White referees and black referees. Like, hey, Howard. Hey, yeah, but yeah, yeah. a lot of the white referees. So I'm like, oh, is everything racial now? Can I get a, can no. I get a shout out? No, you're 70 years old and those referees are old and were huge fans right. of you when you were good. Everything racial. There's not a single like 20, three-year-old black guy even knows who he is. 
Maybe they've seen him in blackface, you know, using the N-word back in the good old days when he used to use the N-word all the time and, and do little skits in blackface. Uh, maybe they, have, they saw that and they just don't like you, Howie. But uh, his feelings were hurt. They didn't come talk to him at the, the court side. Imagine saying that out loud. Ugh. <laughs> oh, it's sad. Sad. Kids, trust me. He used to be great. He used to be the best. He just... Was sold he, out. It was, he, was he joking right, there? I'm gonna, um, before we get to the punter, which is an incredible story that just piss you off. I mean, it'll just piss you off beyond belief. This pisses me off beyond belief, and I didn't, uh, I didn't get to it. And I want to if we have a few minutes. There was a Chicago police officer. Her name was Ariana Preston. She's 24 years old. See if you can get a picture of Ariana. Just a beautiful 24 year old. Uh, Young, I mean, hardworking, wanted to help people. Uh, her, her, her father described her as a beautiful soul, always saw the best in people. She was trying to make a change on this earth. Uh, her aunt posted a picture to Facebook, said she was a sweetheart, very nice person, educated, intelligent, striving for her masters, her goals. She was doing everything can't believe this happened to her. It's unbelievable. You know what happened to her? She was driving home from work early Sunday morning. And some some guys passed her in a car, said that would be an easy mark, a single black woman by herself. They shot her. They killed her. Uh, at 1.42 a.m., she was done, heading home. Uh, they took her to the, the hospital, and uh, she died there. They robbed her just for whatever they could take off her. Uh, they took, I believe, four or five suspects were arrested, these, these morons. They all had records. They all were just awful people. Uh, Preston's attackers were suspected of rob, robbing other people at the same time. Uh, in, the, in these incidents, the victims exited their vehicle when another unknown vehicle arrived multiple offenders exited, approached, armed with handguns, demanded their property. Uh, um, they, they, they go through the, the Chicago Sun-Times goes through the suspects and they're all, they all have criminal records. They're all bad, bad people who have, had uh, been arrested for gun crimes, illegal guns, and they're all free. Nobody's in jail. They're all free to rob and murder this beautiful woman, this cop, this person just, looking to do some good in the world. Um, and you, you read the story and it's incredible. Uh, the man's one of the suspects, the man's first adult arrest came in July when he was caught with a gun equipped with an extended magazine. Um, while in custody, he spat on a cop and tried to kick another officer. The charges were dropped. Uh, less than a week later, he was arrested again after throwing his mother and two televisions down the stairs of their home and flattening one of her tires. A protective order was uh, granted, but charges were dropped in December. After that, uh, as that case was pending, he was indicted on felony gun charges, pleaded guilty to aggravated unlawful use of a weapon, sentenced to two years probation. Uh, he was also arrested uh, uh when he was found sleeping next to a ghost gun with an extended magazine, charges were dropped days later. So that's at least four violent crimes involving guns. And he was free to shoot this woman. And the thing that, and, and trust me, you read the story, every suspect, they were all bad uh, people, all guns robbed, you know, just awful evil people who killed this woman just so they could take her stuff. I haven't heard Ayanna Presley, even though they have similar names. Ayanna Presley has not mentioned Ariana Preston once. AOC, she didn't say this poor woman was lynched and murdered. I didn't hear Jamal Bowman saying uh, young black women deserve to live and grow up and grow old. They don't mention her. They don't read about her. They don't care about her. They don't care about gun violence. I don't know how much clearer it can be. They don't care about gun violence. They don't care about the thousands and thousands of black people, men, women, kids who are murdered by other black people. 
Those are irrelevant to him. They don't care about illegal guns. They don't care about ghost guns with extended magazines that these guys had irrelevant to them because they can't use it to divide people along race, which is what, uh, the, which is how they gain their uh, political capital. Look at me. I'm here protecting the oppressed against the oppressor. This woman means nothing to them. Nothing. There's such liars. There's such frauds. There's such rotten people. I'm, I'm so tired of listening to them talk, uh, waiting to see what color. If, they, if the Marine who strangled Daniel Penny, who choked uh, that menace, Jordan Levy, Jordan Levy, Neely. <laughs> Jordan Neely. Well, I wish you wouldn't mind Jordan Levy either, but uh, if that Marine were black, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't know anyone's name involved. If, if, if uh, Jordan Neely died on the sidewalk and puke vomit all over himself, AOC would step over him on her way to the Met Gala. Wouldn't care at all. He means nothing to her except for the fact that he can use her. Um, the New York Times, by the way, big front page story on the store on, on the death of Neely and Daniel Penny. They couldn't find anything on Daniel Penny. Nothing. No social media posts, no criminal record, no tattoos incriminating him. This guy is clean. <laughs> Trust me. New York Times went into that hoping to find some dirt on him and found nothing and didn't mention the fact that uh, Jordan Neely tried to kidnap a seven-year-old girl and punched at least three women in the face, elderly women, breaking the orbital bone and the nose of a 67-year-old woman. That's the guy the USA Today calls, what do they call him? A beloved subway performer. Beloved. The guy who broke the face of a 60s. These people are such scum. These media people, they are really the lowest of the low. Beloved subway performer. That's the guy. I can't even read this. It's so infuriating. They don't care. They just don't care. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. All right. Tell you who else they don't care about. Uh, the punter for the new. I don't know if, you're, uh, if people remember this guy, Matt Areza. Matt Areza was. Um, going to be the punter for the um, Buffalo Bills. He was a six-round draft pick. He was good. They called him the punt god. He had an 82-yard punt in preseason, I believe. He was all set to be the starter. He was probably, you know, making millions, six-round pick, so probably making a couple million. Um, yeah, 82-yard punt in a preseason game. But uh, then came word that he was accused of rape. And uh, that's all it took for the Buffalo Bills to cut him, cut him. So now he's out of a job, out of the NFL. His dream has been dashed and he's a rapist and he has to fight those charges. This was a long time ago. This was last summer. We found out this week uh, because there's a civil lawsuit against him, too that when the rape, it was a gang rape, the details are disturbing or the allegations are disturbing. He wasn't there. He wasn't there. 
So the punt god who was cut, who was slandered and libeled and defamed, wasn't there, had left the party before the alleged gang rape took place. It's just incredible. I'm looking at the, uh, Dan Wetzel has a Yahoo column on this with details that, again, are very graphic and disturbing. Um, in, the, in the allegation, it says, uh, Areza led the girl into a bedroom where at least three men waited. Once inside, Areza threw the girl onto the bed face first. By the way, she was said she was older, but she was 17, so she was a girl. Her name is redacted. The woman who made false accusations and ruined this guy's life, they, we don't know her name, said the girl went in and out of consciousness while suffering through a horrific gang rape. It lasted an hour and a half before she stumbled out of the room bloody and crying, in part because multiple piercings had dripped through her skin. Within days, the bills cut a razor. Um, we just think it's best, the best move for everyone to move on and Matt, let Matt take care of his situation. He remained out of football, despite prosecutors announcing on December 7th, after their 124-day uh, investigation, that they wouldn't press criminal charges. Um, a fuller picture of what police and prosecutors found is now available via a 200-plus page transcript of a 100-minute meeting obtained by Yahoo Sports, where the deputy DA offered a detailed explanation to the girl and her attorneys. Most notably, the DA concluded Areza couldn't have led the girl into the room because he left the home at 12.30 a.m. an hour prior to when the rape allegedly occurred. They knew this long time ago, at least as early as last fall, and let this guy just twist in the wind. And you know what'll happen? Nothing, nothing. Nope. She should face the same sentence that he was facing. She should face real criminal charges Death penalty. for lying about this guy and destroying his life. He lost money. I mean, he might get a job again, maybe he'll make up for it, but he clearly lost Millions. He lost his contract. He lost his job. He lost his reputation. He was considered a, a rapist. And here's the worst part. He's still going to be considered a rapist, just like Brett Kavanaugh. doesn't matter to certain people. They will still say, oh, that's the guy who raped. He did nothing of the sort. He wasn't there. He might be she a patriot. Be by the end of the week. And she should certainly be named. The media isn't even given her name. And she's accusing this guy of a heinous, violent crime, which he could not have committed. This is such an outrage. I think he might be a Patriot by the end of the week. What do you think? I, you know, if they need, well, didn't they draft a punter? They drafted a punter, but he should be somewhere. He should be able to play in the, and he should be able to make a living. He did nothing. You read this thing. It's one thing if you said, well, he didn't actually rape. We just let her in the room. He didn't stop them. And he was, you know, he was laughing or what. He wasn't there. Imagine how frustrating it was for him to get cut by the NFL, by the Bills, when he was all set to start his NFL career? Well, that would be my thing. I'd be like, I'll play on any team but the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> I think he will. Right. He will, he'll end up somewhere. Hopefully, and he's quite the stud. You know, again, best punter in the country and has quite the leg and an 82-yard punt in preseason. So he'll end up somewhere, but you watch. He'll get, whatever, harassed or heckled, and people call him a rapist because this girl who was apparently drunk and didn't know and made it up, said he was there. He did it. He did nothing of the sort. I hope he sues her. I, I really do. I it's do just too. so wrong. But it's just anyway, not just as bad, but it's, it's bad in its own way. I friggin' hate that so much. And there should be repercussions. There it should, should be. be. I mean, and he could sue her, but you know, whatever, which, whatever the punishment for him was going to be for. So anytime like a woman or a guy lies about someone, Whatever that punishment would have been is what they should suffer. It, well, it's gonna, it would have been years in prison, years. And uh, she's not going to do that. Just like, you know, you know, false accusations, they never press charges. They just let people walk away and say, hey, it happens. She was confused. She was drunk. She was young. But the damage she did to this guy is not, it, it's permanent, what she did to this guy. Mm -hmm. She branded him a racist. Good luck to Matt Areza, the punt god in recovering and getting his reputation back. It's not going to be easy. All right. We got to leave it there. Um, don't forget Mother's Day. You know, it goes great for Mother's Day. A little Callahan coffee. Callahancoffee.com. 
Not one, not no one has ever said it wasn't great coffee. Everyone who tried it, everyone who bought it and drank it loves it, including Ironhead. So every day, get mom some Callahan coffee for uh, Mother's Day. But thanks for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.